0: Sound. I hear the rumor of a good life. Do you hear it
1: now? Must be the rumor of a good life. Welcome, everyone, to Campbell's Football. So, this is a very special segment of the Campbell's Football podcast because it's the first. Northern Irish football show uh, in the part of this uh, podcast. I'm really delighted to be joined by a woman who puts the Queen in Queen's University, Belfast. She is also uh, part of Reds by the Minute and massive Clutterville supporter, Lauren McCann. Lauren, a warm welcome to the show.
0: Oh, thanks very much. God, I don't think I've had such prayer short upon me in a long time. So love, it, love that intro. That'll be my intro anytime I go anywhere now. <laughs>
1: Don't expect any payments, so I hope you uh, have that one for free from me. Before we kick off and uh, talk about um, the Northern Irish League uh, return of the Premiership, of course, last weekend, um, what have you made of the return of the Premiership? And obviously, the big question, of course, is the the fans that were allowed back into the games. A really great sight to see, I'm sure, for many Northern Irish football fans.
0: Oh, definitely. You know, I speaking from a Cliftonville perspective, I was at the game on mm. Friday and just to see, you know, the food, the McAleary stand basically fully understanders back, you know, it just adds so much more to the games. Obviously, I was privileged enough to go to many last year and it was quite so destroying, you know, players scoring last minute winners and, you know, you would think amazing scenes with the fans and they obviously couldn't be there. So just to see as well, even the games, like the Friday night games with the fans back in such drama, you know, it just all added in and just, Made it a really welcome return and I think the players really thrived on fans being back on the ground.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We'll review all the games uh, from the weekend's action. But before we go any further, Lauren, um, I want to talk about yourself because I was uh, on uh, Facebook uh, earlier this week and uh, you know you obviously have been uh, playing a little bit of football yourself and you netted uh, in your most recent match for Carn Money. Ladies, is that right? A, a fantastic 4-1 victory.
0: Yeah, that was really good. We're um because of the readings so the we're actually hoping that that result um secured promotion after the division above. So it was really crucial we got that win. And yeah, our season's over now, but you know, we had a great year, um, loads of ups and downs. It was we we're in division three, so quite a few below the premiership, but you know, it was a drama full season and you know I'm playing as a number ten, so getting goals is always, you know, one of the expected things Goals and assists. Than my target this season and I managed to hit 14 so that's not bad going
1: (laughs) Fantastic numbers Lauren plays for Carn Money uh, Ladies they won 4-1 against Banbridge Rangers in that Division 3 match and uh, Charlotte uh, Thompson got a hat-trick as well and she looks a really good player as well
0: Oh, She's great you know me and her have such a good partnership and the whole way through the season we were having this joke you know who's going to be top goal scorer and I just let her win it because I set up two of those three goals but you know we needed it because Bambridge were pushing us hard and I got back into the game and it looked for a while like we were going to come away with it. It would have been really disappointing. But, you know, we pushed on and we got the win. Yeah, yeah. Charlotte's definitely on the watch. I think she's ended up with 20. So, you know, best one of the best strikers I've played with and, you know, such a poacher.
1: <laughs> my next question is, how much further can you girls go? Can you move up the leagues? How prosperous is that going forward?
0: Well, I think our squad's quite young. You know, I'm one of the older members of the squad and, <laughs> and not nice at 20 being considered old. You know, it's quite a young squad. So even, you know, to do as well as we have this season, I think next year we will be really trying to cement ourselves and, you know, stay in the league because it is a huge step up and we probably didn't expect it to come this quickly. So it'll definitely be next year about strengthening. You know, there's even talk already of us going in the gym and just trying to bulk up for the physical demands of the league above. So we'll see how we go. I think it's going to be, you know, built in for the future, but it's definitely looking promising.
1: Fantastic stuff. And I I thought that was a really great way to kickstart the show. A little bit of an icebreaker as well. So really, really good to to see you netting in that one and a a great win for your team as well. Uh, Let's uh, catch up with uh, the opening round of matches in the Danske Bank Premiership in Northern Ireland. Uh, There were two games on Friday night. Uh, Larne came from 2-1 down to score three second half goals and beat Corey in 4-2 at a very raucous Inver Park on Friday night. Portadown and Glenavon scored an injury-time goal apiece, lay on to draw 1-0 at Shamrock Park. And then on Saturday, Cliftonville beat Carrick 2-1 at Solitude. Uh, Glen Torren at 1-3-2 at Dungan and Swifts. Linfield, the champions, beat Crusaders 2-0. And one point came from a goal down to beat Ballymina 2-1. Laura, let's start with Friday night's games. Let's start with that game at Inver Park because Lauren, many people are excited about Lauren's potential title prospects this season but after 70 minutes or so Coleraine were very much in this game they they fell a goal behind Kofi Balmer scoring the, the first goal of the league season and I got my stat in ahead of Marshall Gillespie <laughs> which I thought was a real win for me because um, Kofi Balmer of course scored the first goal of the Danske Bank Premiership last season against Coleraine for Arena, and of course it came from a corner as well which was quite funny um, what did you make of the game and what did you make of Lawrence' fight back in the second half, especially from 2-1 down?
0: I thought it was a great advertisement for the Irish League. You know, it's what it's all about, just mental seeing both ends. You know, the defending for some of the goals, you know, the three headers, the first one um, from Balmer and then the ones from Chavlin and as well. Trainer, you know, you can question the defending, but I thought Lawrence showed great character to come back, you know, that is the making of champions you might not play the best and Cole Raymer on top but you know when you have somebody like Davy McDade who's so clinical when you give him a chance in the box you don't pick him up he's going to score and it was kind of written in the stars of Ben Docherty he was have an impact on the game. He already did, and the with the assist for Balmer. But then to go on and score, you know, that was a great goal. He scored, and then to T up Lynch at the end. You know, when the game was really stretched and holy and were kind of pressing on for the equalizer for Lauren to kill it was, you know, amazing for them. And I think they definitely, you know, they put out a statement with that win that they may not have played their best, but they definitely are, you know, going to be up there from the end of the season.
1: It's quite an unusual quip, isn't it, to see Kofi Balmer score the first goal in consecutive starts to Northern Irish League campaigns. He's just been called up, I think, to the Northern Ireland is it, Under-21 squad. He looks a really exciting talent.
0: Yeah, I was really impressed with him, you know, the last few years of Balmain. He had... A few injuries, you know, they kind of stalled his progress a bit. But last year, you know, I thought he was really impressive, you know, alongside Trey Hulme, the and Ross Redmond. There was quite mm. a solid back line at Balabina and I thought it was a real steal for Lauren to bring him in. And, you know, him mm. ahead of Albert Watson, who has been a rock for Lauren, just shows how highly they rate him. And especially getting called back into the Northern Ireland under 21 setup, I think he's a real good Irish league player. And, you know, that header, it was like a striker's finish you know he timed it to perfection and it was a great leap and a great connection with it so I definitely do think he's won the watch he was one of the outstanding young players last season and I think he definitely have a chance to do that again this year
1: there were some really good quality goals in this game wasn't there I mean I really liked Aaron Trainer's goal it was from one fullback to the other a great cross from Lyndon Kane and, and Trainer does not renowned for his goals but a really tidy finish
0: yeah, that was a great goal. You know, Lyndon Kane did so well down that right-hand side. You know, he beat two men and to stand the ball up, you know, it was across. it was big, and somebody get on the end of it. And from full-back to fullback, as you say, I'm sure trainer didn't really expect himself to be in that position. But, you know, he took the goal really well. And then at the other end, you know, Ben Doherty was sublime you know one touch and then the control that volley you know when you take that touch and get it right in the corner was amazing but even ta- um, sorry Lee Lynch's goal at the end you know the composure he showed when he's played mm-hmm. through you know high pressure situation at the end of the game it was just it was a game with lots of quality at both ends
1: yeah I mean I thought Doherty's goal was good but I thought Lynch's goal was the, the signature goal and again it was just such an exquisite finish what I loved about this game was uh, Doherty's celebration in front of the Colerain fans when he uh, when he put the hands around his ears. It was a, a bit of banter with the with the Coleraine supporters. You need a little bit of that. You need a bit of needle, don't you?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, he said in his um, post-match press conference, he'd been getting it from the Coleraine fans. So I think it was kind of you know, revenge for that. He'd heard it all game, especially in the second half, but Thorn attacking down the end of the Coleraine fans. So, you know, as soon as he scored, I think he just wanted to give it back. He's probably heard so much, you know, not in their good books after leaving, but it was a great move for him. And I think, you know, he was a great player last year for Coleraine, probably such a talismanic figure. And I think he could have the same impact for Lauren this year.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was, of course, two red cards in the game, but not for players. Both Winky Murphy <laughs> and Tim McCann were both red carded. Two guys that are passionate fellas, obviously, but they're real winners as well. I think it came off the back of a, a potential red card for for David McDade. I've yet to see it. I have to admit that, but I've heard lots of uh, people on social media saying that it could have been a red card. What, what did you make of it? Have you seen it? What, what was your comments?
0: Unfortunately, I haven't got to see it yet either because I didn't get to watch the game on Friday. But I did see the highlights and you know heard afterwards about the bus stop. But I'm sure it must have been a. Uh, you know, one of those ones that could have gone either way, especially if both of the assistant managers were involved in a bust-up after. And, you know, I think it just kind of rubbed salt in cold rain wounds that he went on to score the equaliser. Yeah. How big
1: a player will McDade be for this season? And do you think Lauren will maybe get another striker in? Because, yes, they've got a lot of quality there with Hale and obviously Lynch, McDade, as I've mentioned. But do you feel there may be a striker sure from challenging long term for the title?
0: Well, I'm not too sure because look at Linfield, you know, at the minute, maybe they're not the post the benchmark, but seeing as they're champions, you know, I kind of would say they have green. They also have Christy Manzinga, which is kind of the two they're going for. So I think, you know, Lynch is well stocked there. You know, Davy McDade has been a great servant for Lauren, and I think he's really, you know, got confidence from the European run and scoring in some of those games, you know, with Lauren playing only one up front and maybe the four three three with the two wide forwards, you know, Ronan Hale hasn't didn't start and he hasn't started some of the games you know I think he's a terrific striker but being able to bring him off the bench you know it shows the strength and depth that they do have and I think the two strikers are certainly manageable maybe if they get an injury you know come January time they might dip into the market but mm-hmm. even the likes of you know, Missouri, Lynch, you know Doherty you could probably play a false nine if it ever came to that not that I think it will so I think Lorna really well stopped all across the pitch and I thought the recruitment this summer was great.
1: Coleraine lost the game, but I was really impressed with Conor McKendry. Obviously, he came into the side. I think he created the cross for Shevlin to put uh, Coleraine 2-1 up. How big a player will he be this season, do you think?
0: I think he's an interesting one. You know, I think he probably has a point to prove, being that Go by alarm. You know, there was high hopes for him last year. And near the end of the year, you know, against Coleraine last year when um Tiernan Lynch opted, you know, to play some of the younger players, he really shone and he's been one for me to look out for, so it'll be really interesting to see, you know, going in the swap deal with Ben Docherty, kind of he has a place now in the Coleraine team and you know, I'm sure he's been so grateful to current Kearn- Oren Kearney for putting him straight in, you know, shows a huge trust in him and setting up the goal will do him the world of good you know, great confidence, it was a great cross and you know, I think he definitely will be one to watch, and as I say, a regular game can only help benefit him.
1: Coleraine lost their opening game last season and they didn't start the season particularly well as a result. Do you think Oren Kieran will be slightly concerned, even though it's just the first game, losing a losing away at Lauren? And obviously the fact that they're not having to play a lot of home games until they get the, the full G surface down as well.
0: Yeah, I think they might, you know, struggle again at the start of this season because I think they're kind of one of those teams, you know, they need a while to find their rhythm. Once they do find the rhythm, you know, they're really hard to stop. Obviously, mm. the pitch not being ready in time, you know, is a bit of a hindrance for them. I'm sure they can't wait to welcome fans back. Yes. But, you know, as the pitch does go down, trying to get used to playing on the 4G surface, although they might be used to playing away from home on 4G surfaces a lot of the time, you know, that's another adaption they'll need. So, you know, they do have some off-fields issues to deal with but I as you said you know for 70 minutes they were well in the game and they look well for competing and you know when you have a manager like Warren Kearney they can never be ruled out but you know for Titan Challengers if they have a slow start although they got themselves back into the race last year it ultimately cost them in this season. Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure if they'll be closer if you know a slow start costs them again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know Mark McIntosh on the score on Friday with Michael Clark thinks that Coleray will be in the bottom six this season. So I'm intrigued to see if Mark's prediction will come true. It's certainly a very bold one by his standards. Uh, let's move down to Shamrock Park. The other game on Friday night, uh, Portadown won Glenavon, won two goals. It's stoppage time in the 90th minute. How do both teams, do you see, read this result? Because poured it down, I thought were, you know, were the second best side for, for much of the game. I thought Harry Docherty made a few important saves in the game, but they got themselves in front so late on and they didn't see it out. They conceded a sloppy free kick. I, I thought it was a, a bit of a harsh handball, but it was still a great free kick from Michael O'Connor, wasn't it?
0: Oh, it was a superb free kick, you know, to step up in the last minute and put that top corner, you know, it was unbelievable. So I think Glen Avon... They'll probably be frustrated that they didn't take their chances earlier. You know, Harry Doherty made some great saves. But I think in the end, you know, they'll be relieved to salvage a point. Um, Portadown will obviously be really disappointed. Maybe overall performance, but then, you know, having got that goal in the 91st minute and having four minutes to see it out and not being able to see out the game will be really disappointing for them. But, you know, it was a proper Derby game. You know, there wasn't much in it. So I think in the end, both sides will probably take the point and move on.
1: Yeah, I think uh, Glenavon passed up some really good chances, didn't he? I think Danny Perkins had a goal ruled out in the first half, didn't he? The overhead kick, which I'm still not 100% sure why it was ruled out, I have to admit. Maybe a foul. It looked very inconclusive from the coverage I watched, but I thought he looked good. I thought Waterworth looked really good when he came off the bench as well. Had a couple of really good chances, and I think there was a really good picture in the Portadown Twitter account, wasn't there, of the, the kind of little bulkhead behind the goal celebrating Andy Mason. What a shame for Andy, but quite funny nevertheless.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that's not a sight that Child's been used to seeing, you know, in recent years. Anything he normally touches turns to goal, So I think he's probably relieved to see him miss one. But, you know, him coming off the bench, it shows maybe he's not ready yet to start. But, you know, having Daniel Perkis, um up there, he was unlucky with the ones he missed. But, you know, he's a good striker. And then adding Waterworth to that, you know, Glenn Avanar are going to be, you know, really up there this season. Stafford and Hawhey looked really solid, you know, just slotting straight in. So I think when Waterworth gets going, you know, and start rattles in a few goals, I do think they'll be up there for top six this season.
1: I, I agree with that entirely. And I think there's a lot of good quality in that Porta, that Avon team. You've got, you know, wide areas with Hall as well. And O'Connor, obviously, with the goal, Fitzpatrick as well. There's a real lot of quality there. And defensively, I think they'll be a lot better this season. You mentioned that as well. You also got Sean Ward in there, who I think is a, a real winner and obviously knows how to, to, to win in the league. So I think he'd have that important backline there. Wanted to touch on Porta Down because I was really impressed with Rudy Crossgrey during the game. I think he hit the post in the second half. Lee Bonas again looked very good. Do you think Porta Down can surprise a few teams this season, do
0: you think? I definitely think, you know, they might be a bit closer to the sides in the bottom six. You know, I think that will be Matthew Tubman's game this season. They finished ninth and, you know, that was really good for them coming back into the Premiership. But I think the gap between them and the likes of Balamon and Glenavon was quite a huge one that they'll try and, you know, cut this year. Um, Rory Kroski, you know, he put the ball in for the goal and it was really a good cross. And, yeah, and Lee Bonus again, you know, when you have him up front, you're always going to threat. So I think for them it's, you know, limiting the chances they give away because um, their defence maybe isn't as strong as some of their forward areas. But, you know, I definitely think a year's experience in the Premiership, you know, will have done a lot of those young players the world of good. And, you know, Tipton has a style that he wants to play and has implemented it successfully so far. So I definitely think they can shock a few this season.
1: Yeah, I think Tippy's been a breath of fresh air to the Irish League. And he's such a nice guy as well. I haven't spoken to him for a a previous episode of my show. You can go back and listen to that in the archives. A really, really good chat. What did you touch on, Harry Doherty, though, Lauren, as well? Because, you know, there's been a lot of question marks about who will start as number one for Portadown. They signed the South African goalkeeper, Barr, who I believe is still quarantining at the moment, but will probably put himself in the frame to be the number one. But, But Doherty didn't do too much wrong in this game. He made quite a lot of important saves.
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I think while is out, you know, it's Doc jersey to lose whenever he does come back into the free. You know, all he can do, right, perform as, you know, as well as he did on, you know, Friday night. If he does that, it might be hard to dislodge him as number one. And I think, you know, bringing two goalkeepers in, Tipton has kept the competition for places high. Do you know what I mean? They're not going to be like, Carney last year was a great goalkeeper. But I'm not saying that he did rest in his laurels, but he maybe didn't have the competition that there is now with two goalkeepers mm. who... Although we don't know much about Barr, might be around the same level as Doherty, so it'll be up to you know, to really compete and you know try and win the number one shirt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a really good game at Shamrock Park, and the fans really made it a great spectacle. When I watched the highlights on Portadown Television, it was really, really good atmosphere for sure. Let's move on to Saturday's games because we'll move on to the game that you were at for, for Cliftonville. Cliftonville two, Carrick Rangers one. Stewart King's first competitive game in charge of Carrick. Uh, Cliftonville may have won this game, Lauren, but but Carrick played really well, didn't
0: they? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Derek King will be disappointed. I know I heard um his post-match interview, and he really was that they didn't come away with anything because ultimately they had the better chances in the game. Cliftonville may have dominated possession, but they kind of struggled to break down Carrick. They were quite solid, um, apart from the two set piece goals, which sure it was also you know really disappointed to concede, but. After Lloyd Anderson's goal, you know, Stuart Nixon had a great chance to score, and so did I think it was Jordan Gibson. You know, they had, oh, and Ewan Kelly also had a great chance inside the box. And if you don't take them, you know, when they're presented to you against the top level sides, you're not going to come away with anything. So I think he'll be disappointed, but he'd take heart from, you know, how hard Carrick battled and to be able to fashion those chances in the first place.
1: Yeah, Lloyd Anderson took his goal really well and the one thing I think about Carrick is that Stuart King certainly bought in a lot of players with a great degree of Irish league experience, very exciting team, very energetic team but as you correctly mentioned there, two disappointing goals to lose from set pieces and Jamie Harney who, not really renowned for scoring a lot of goals, He, I think he had a good quip on uh, Radio Ulster on Saturday, didn't he, when he said that I'm not renowned for scoring a lot of goals even though I've quite a, got a big head so, uh he got a
0: couple of goals and sorry, so fair play to him. Yeah, I thought he was gonna repeat his trick from a few years ago when he got a hat trick against one point in the cup. You know, I was waiting on a third goal coming, but it just wasn't to be. You know, he took those headers so well, especially the first one, you know, he rose so high and to get that right under the top the top corner was great. And there were two balls in, you know, that was the one thing Cliftonville maybe had was their deliveries into the box on those occasions were really good from Lee Ives and then from Jamie McDonough a player who on Saturday although his final product sometimes may have been you know questionable I thought he was really bright and I think he'll have you know future Cliftonville but they just kind of lacked that cutting edge you know when they got into the final third and it was quite a scrappy game particularly in the second half until you know the last sort of 10 minutes when Carrick were really trying to apply the pressure
1: yeah, absolutely. I think Carrick could be a really interesting team to keep an eye on this season because they're a very different makeup from Nell Curry's sides of uh, a couple of years ago. And it'll be really intriguing to see how they go. going. But talk to me about Cliftonville because they didn't play well. They got the three points, though, and that will certainly help Paddy McLaughlin. And I'm sure he'll be absolutely delighted to have got out of there, not being at their best, but with three points.
0: Yes, definitely. And, you know, the fans are still on his side and they were relieved in the end to get the win. I know there was a few jitters around me in the press box when Carrick were floating forward. But, you know, at the end of the day, the most important thing in the opening day is the three points. The performance not be there yet, but, you know, it's to be developed as three points, especially playing at home, you know, against the side. No, no disrespect to Carrick, but you would be expected to be beaten at home was, you know, definitely crucial, especially coming from behind, you know, Cliftonville haven't been renowned that much from coming from a goal behind and you know it was a shock in the system when it did go in so to get the win you know was really crucial and that set them up well for a big game against Coleraine.
1: Yeah just let's quickly talk about that match with Coleraine because as we said Coleraine coming off the back of the Lauren loss do Cliftonville need to win this game to really rubber stamp their chances of Europe across the season I mean that's surely going to be the target isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, after Carrick, it's quite a tough start for Cliftonville. They have Coleraine, Glen Thorn and Crusaders, you know, all sides who they'll be van with to get into Europe. So I think they lay a marker down to beat two out of the three of those teams or at least take points from all the games. You know, is the target, I think they'll look at Crusaders, especially even though it's away from home as a team who are shorter on their level, whereas Glen Thorn and Coleraine may at the minute be a level above. But, you know, Coleraine um, looked at a Bit vulnerable from set pieces, especially for the Kofi Balmer go. So, I'm sure they'll be targeting that again. And you know, if they can get maybe if Joe Gourmis, I think it might have been a niggle, was wives on the bench, if he can start. And you know, if he does get a chance, he nearly scored on Saturday coming on. You know, if he plays from the start and gets the chance, you'd expect him to take it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That'll be a really interesting game on Tuesday night. We're obviously recording this on Monday, the 30th of August. One other game that will take place. On Tuesday Carrick will be at home to Warren Point. Warren Point did win on Saturday. They beat Balamina from behind early on in the game, but they won by two goals to one at Milltown. This is a big win for Barry Graney's side, isn't it, Lauren? Because after two minutes, Balamina got a penalty. And I thought, personally, after that, Balamina, I thought, would go on and maybe win two or three. It would be a fairly routine win for David Jeffrey, side, but it didn't work out that way. Yeah,
0: definitely. And, you know warm points, you know, when Cliftonville went down there last year and they scored early, you know, they fell apart and Cliftonville won 5-0, so they're kind of one of those sides where you don't know if an early goal goes in, if they're going to be able to gather, but they were really impressive, you know, the goal they got back um, Keelan Dillon and then the penalty, you know, he tucked that away with confidence as well, and I think it'll be a huge boost to them, you know, there's a lot of talk about I mean, this season, okay, they've lost a lot of players, but they haven't best, you know, bring it in, David Parkhouse, and they have a pretty settled, you know, most of the players from last year that started still are there. So you were expecting them after getting an early goal to go on and win that. But, you know, that's a big statement of intent from one point. And I think it'll give them loads of confidence at the current game against a team who, you know, they probably think that's a game where we can take another three points. And, you know, to have six points after two games and, you know, it's great for them aside who, are probably, you know, looking at staying up again this season, probably the main aim, maybe trying to get close to the report of but certainly, you know, having a great start this season and not being, you know, one of the ones that are still scrambling to get points on the board after four or five games of so do Barry Gray the world of good.
1: Penalties in this game, no complaints on either. I mean, the first one is pretty clumsy from McCaffrey, isn't it? And then the second one, apparently given away by Wilson for, for and Obviously, because he's last man, he has to walk.
0: Yeah, definitely. I don't think there can be Any complaints for either of them, you know, Dougie Wilson, it's probably not the debut he'd envisage for and You know, he might struggle to get back into the team with Sentinel off and the opening day isn't exactly the best way to announce yourself at a new club. So I think he'll have work to do when he comes back into the team. Ballymina will be raging losing that game after being up Mm -hmm. so early. So I think he'll expect a response in their next game.
1: Keelan Dillon's an interesting one, isn't he? Because he scored the winner against Linfield last season, didn't he, in the 2-1 win. And I believe this is the first time since coming back into the top flight that Warren Point have won their opening match in the Danske Bank Premiership. That's a big monkey off the back for Barry Gray, but the way that they've responded to going behind, that's a real character win, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, especially when you look at their side, maybe haven't strengthened as much as others around them and brought in that many players, you know, it's still the team from last year but Barry's obviously built you know a settled side that knows their jobs and you know bit of easily defended deep and settled for the 1-0 after it went in against Ballymina you know backs to the wall defending just trying to not make sure they can see another but to go on and press forward you know I think they had the impetus being at home we need to get points here they probably thought you know okay Ballymina did finish quite a bit above us last year but we're certainly equal to them and we can match them and yeah Keelan Dillon you know I think he would be a player to watch in the hand although um, more Warren Point they get be 5-0 by us whenever I watch them, You know, he was certainly a bright spark trying to make things happen. So I think him, and I'll be interested to see how, you know, as a Cliftonville fan, Thomas McGuire does. He came back and was playing, you know. He, unfortunately, had a leg break and was out for a long time getting back on the pitch, and I think he'll be, you know, a really good option for Barry Gray to have, even coming off the bench. He injects a bit of pace and, you know, something that Warren Point kind of needs, the options off the bench if they're going to try and trouble bigger sheds.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How would David Jeffrey read this game? You said that they'd be bitterly disappointed, really angry that they they, they kind of lost the lead in that game. I I reckon DJ will be wanting a reaction and sharpish after that.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you know, especially the penalty. Okay, Diggy Wilson is the wrong side, but it was a long ball over the top. I'm sure it probably could have been cut out. And you know, I think he'd be really shaming the following you know, I don't think reading between the lines, you know, from the match reports, they really created that match after they scored. So I am sure that'll be a huge disappointment for <laughs> him, especially with the fire power, power he has, you know, like Saran Wade, Paul McElroy, even New Sound and David Parkhouse. You know, there's players who not can score goals and can hurt teams and I think he'd be disappointed that they didn't, you know, after that early goal go on and try score some more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A great one for Barry Graves. it was Excellent on my show recently in the preview to build up to the new season and one and, and in point there, fantastic one. Um, let's move on to uh, Linfield, the defending champions, uh, a two-nil win against Crusaders. Um, what did you make of this game? I, I think this was a, a fairly routine win for the Blues, wasn't it? Yeah, I
0: think it was quite, you know. Crusaders tried to make life difficult for them but didn't really threaten and you know Linfield cut through easily, especially for the second goal you know Callagher just strides forward out of defence and plays the ball through to man's game. he's able to hold off Billy Joe Burns and score and I think that's going to be one of Crusaders problems this season you know obviously they brought in Johnny McMurray but and Johnny Fraser but I don't really think they have that and Jordan Owens is still there but I don't really think that firepower power up front that's really going to trouble teams and you know they were maybe trying to defend and, you know, take the nil-nil and Linfield just punished him. You know, Manzinga, he's really grown in confidence. Your goals in Europe obviously helped him and I hmm. thought he was super and took his goals really well. So, uh, you know, you certainly can't rule them out. They're strengthening quality across the pitch and even, you know, limited Crusaders to virtually no chances.
1: Yeah, I think Manzinga is going to be a huge player this season, isn't, isn't he? Because he's taken over the mantle from, from Shane Lavery and, of course, Andy Warworth, who both moved on. But one thing that really worries me about Crusaders is, that, as you just mentioned there, they do look a little bit blunt at the top end of the pitch. They don't have that, that plan B that they have had in recent seasons. I think Ben Kennedy might be a, a, a guy to keep an eye on, perhaps, throughout the season. Uh, McGonagall, obviously, gone. You know, that's a, a, a big loss. Fraser McMurray, not the best uh, in terms of injuries in the past. That would be a, a concern of mine as well. But going, all things considered, going to Linfield, first game of the season, such a difficult opener. And obviously on Tuesday night, as we're recording this on the Monday, they're, they're home to Portadown. down. That's probably going to be a bit more of an indication as to where the crews might be this season, do you think?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think if they struggle in that game, you know, serious question marks can be asked as to what are the kind of the aspirations for this season. Is it trying to get back into Europe, realistically? Because you know their squad maybe isn't as good as it once was I think McGonagall was lost you know he was so pacey and he could shoot from anywhere and even if he didn't play up front he complimented Owens well if he was playing out wide so I do definitely think you know going to Linfield on the first day of the season you know it's horrible for any team especially Linfield who were crowned champions but at a point to prove you know after their disappointing Europa Conference League exit so I think you know Linfield really went out there and were saying we need to put a mantle down, especially after Norren's win, that we're gonna be up there. Um, and a victory even at this early stage was vital for them. So I definitely think that quarter down, as you said, it'll be, you know, you'll be able to feel out where Crusaders are a bit more after that game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because Shields obviously making his competitive Northern Irish Premiership debut and he he seemed to have a a fairly comfortable game, didn't he? Him and Mulgrew, it's gonna be interesting to see that dynamic in the middle of the pitch this season.
0: Yeah and you know when Linfield go away with their back four and those two sitting in front of the back four you know it's going to be really hard for teams to break them down if Linfield come to that where they have to defend backs against the wall you know you would back them to do that but they just have strength and depth everywhere you know they were able to bring Marnie on off and you know one of the best Irish league wingers in years and you can't get into the team straight away it just shows you know the quality that they have and I said before, you know, bring a Marty Dunley in, you already have Kirk Miller on set pieces, but to have him as well would be a huge asset, especially considering the likes of Callagher and even Trey Hume the other day from set pieces are really dangerous. So, you know, I think Linfield definitely will be up there challenging. And yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting title race.
1: Yeah, you mentioned Green as well coming in as well from the English League because that's another guy that will be interested as well. What did you make of that dynamic of Donnelly coming to Linfield and Naziri going the other way? It's it's going to be an interesting situation to see how both sell in at their respective clubs, do you think?
0: Yes, I thought it was, you know, quite a strange move. I didn't really think Martin only would go there, you know, if he wanted to play games. I wasn't really sure if it was a move for him, you know, at his age. Um, but you know he's gone there he's taken the challenge he wants to you know get in the team and try help improve the champions I think it was a better move for Navid Naziri you know he wasn't really getting the game time at Linfield, and maybe he's been promised that at Lauren a different role I don't really know if he fit their system whereas with Lauren I think he might fit in a bit more you know they like a player or two so I definitely think it was a better move for Naziri than it was for Donnelly but you know I think he could be a match winner for Limfield being able to bring his quality off the bench is huge for any especially when you're challenging for the league.
1: Yeah, he's a fantastic player, as is Naziri too, as well. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how both get on for their respective teams. So there was wins there for for Linfield and Larne, Glenn Glentoran also picked a win. The only away win in the Irish Premiership this weekend. They won 3-2 against last season's basement club, Dungannon Swifts. But Dungannon played quite well in this game, didn't they? And they they, they scored one very good goal from Ben Gallagher in the second half. But... uh, but Glentoran, in the end, got the three points and uh, they'll be pretty happy with that, I think.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, they'll be a bit disappointed by the first goal they conceded and they'll be really following in after the free kick at the post. But the second goal was a moment of quality. Again, maybe they might be disappointed that they allowed Gallagher to come in and cut in. But, you know, they showed their quality. You know, the ball over the top for, Burns for Robbie McDade was, you know, sublime and his finish was even better. And, you know, even Conor McManaman following in and Rory Donnelly there to scramble the ball in on the line. You know, that's why you have these players on the pits. They're instinctive, you know, finishers. are going to be there to put the ball in the back of the net. So I think they'll be sad disappointed with the goals they conceded. But, you know, they carved out the better chances. And although, you know, Dungannon pushed them hard, I think they probably deserve winners in the end.
1: Yeah, Robbie McDade, Conor McMenamin and Rory Donnelly getting the Glen Toren goals. And what a weekend for Rory Donnelly as well, Warren, because him and his partner um, had a baby, uh, Donaka, Rory Donnelly. So congratulations to Rory uh, and his partner. What a great weekend for Rory.
0: Yeah, definitely. I thought the baby might be on the way when I saw the goal gift for him. Glen Toren put out that I'm sure he doesn't need it and start the game. But, you know, to come on and have an impact, I'm sure... He'll feature heavily in Mick McDermott's plans. And, you know, I think the, their forward line is really interchangeable. You know, when you have an embarrassment of riches up there with J.M., Rory Donnelly, Robbie McDade, Conor McManaman, and, you know, at any given time, two or three of them will start Real will come off the bench. You know, it's great. Another team who have great strength and depth that I think will really help them this season and, you know, sustain in a title push.
1: Where are Dungannon, do you feel, at the start of the season? Uh, Kyle McGinty equalised in the first half. And Ben Gallinher's goal is a really good finish. Do you think Dungannon are, are trying to address the wrongs of last season? Do you think they can go in a bit more of a positive direction this year under the Dean Shields?
0: Yeah, I think, you know, they've tried to bring in a bit more experience, you know, much like Portadown have done. You know, they I think they kind of left that last year. They have really good young players the likes of Ben Gallagher who again has struggled with injuries but when he's come in you know he's scored a good few goals um Ashin Smith their captain and I think he's been called into the recent Northern Ireland under 21 yes, squad which yeah. shows you know how, how highly he's rated as well and being captain of the club and carried out another young exciting player they have but I think they did lack you know that Irish league experience in signing the likes of Keith Khan, who was playing the other day and bringing Aaron Canning, in I think you know that will really strengthen them and torn on the opening day, you know, was always going to be a difficult one for them. And, you know, much like Crusader, I think you'll measure Dungannon more when they play someone, maybe like a Warren Point or a Carrick. Um, and you can really see where they are. So, but on that impression, you know, I thought last year Dungannon were, you know, they weren't very good. You know, they really, in games when they lost, they kind of really lost. So I think, you know, this was a better shine. They were competitive throughout. They'll be disappointed, you know, to lose that game, but... I think it was a good sign. And, you know, probably positive for Dane Shades that they were able to score goals.
1: Yeah, I think it took the five or six games last season to score the first goal. And I think it might have been against Cliftonville. That's right. It was certainly one of those uh, wacky stories that kind of came out of nowhere because I'm sure they won 2-1, which was quite extraordinary. But it's going to be interesting to see how Dungan do du, because defensively they were really poor last season and they were the lowest scorers in the league. So for them just to get a couple of goals early in this stage of the season will certainly be positive for for Dean Shields, but ultimately they did lose the game. And Glen Torn, I think, yes, they probably weren't at their best. And I think they'll be disappointed at the goals they gave away. But the fact of the matter is they did get the three points. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, even at this very early stage of the season, it's just about getting the wins and, and moving on, isn't it?
0: Yeah, especially, you know, with Lauren and Linfield also winning, there's kind of already that early pressure. You know, these are the three teams you're expecting to compete at the top of the table for the title. So if Glen Thorne had a slip-up and, you know, a fixture it looked like they should have won against Dungannon, you know, question marks would have already been asked. And there's obviously loads of pressure on Glen as it is. So to be able to get that first win, you know, that'll be great for their confidence. And I'm sure, you know, after the international break, you know, when they come back to face Cliftonville, they'll be round to go.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are three games on Tuesday night on the 31st of August. Carrick Rangers hosting Warren Point at Taylor's Avenue. Cool Rain travel to Solitude to take on Cliftonville and as we just mentioned, they are Crusaders against Portadown. Very quickly, Lauren, what's your thoughts on the three games? Who's going to win them?
0: Well, you know, as a Cliftonville fan, I'm, I'm going to be optimistic and I think we'll edge a it 2-1. It's always, you know, a difficult game against Cool Rain, quite cagey affairs, not that many goals, so mm. I think we'll just about edge it. Um, Crusaders, Warren Point, I think it'll be a, sorry, Crusaders, Portadown, I think it'll be a draw, you know, I haven't mm. been particularly in Crusaders, but I thought Portadown really held their own the other night, so I do see a draw in that game, and then Warren Point, Carrick, you know, I think Carrick might just stay as them being back at home, and having watched them, obviously I didn't get to see much of Warren Point, just the highlights, but I was quite impressed with Carrick, so I think they'll get a one nil victory.
1: I think it could be very tight, these three games. I don't think there'll be an awful lot to choose in any of them. I, I agree with you on Carrick. I think they'll nick this game. I think it might be 2-1, 1-0, something like that. I actually think Cliftonville will win against Coleraine as well, but I think it might be a 1-0 game. I think it could be quite tight, quite cagey. And and I think Crusaders might just edge it against Porter down, but I don't think they'll be a lot in the game. Again, could be a one-goal margin. So it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in those games we'll review those games next week uh, when I'll be joined by Ryan McConville uh, who is of course in charge of the Larn Academy so it'll be interesting to hear what uh, Ryan has to say about those games and obviously what's been happening uh, at Larn as well well we're going to move in next to the Championship League in Northern Ireland <laughs> Games as well on the Friday night. Uh, Newry City uh, won the top of the table clash with Ards 2 1 at the Newry Showgrounds. Uh, at Dixon Park, Ballyclare beat Harland Wolf Welders by a goal to nil. And then four games on Saturday, Notbreeding beat Queen's University 3 1. Dergview won 2 1 at Dundella. Balna Mallard won 4 2 at Anna United. And Institute got their first win of the season with a 2 0 win away at Loch very quickly, Lauren, what's your standout result from that? Mine is Newry for coming back from a goal down to beat Ards and a great statement from Darren Mullen and his team.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, Newry played Cliftonville in pre-season and I was really interested even them with the squad he's kind of assembled. And, you know, to have five wins on the bounce is great. And, you know, beating Ards, who are probably, you know, one of those teams who fancy their chances of going up this season. Um, was a great result especially as you say coming from a goal behind you know preserving their 100% record I think they've really got the momentum Alexis Daniel Hughes up front the striker who you know didn't have the rub of the green at Tiffinville but always looked dangerous you know when the ball was in the box Um, I think it'll really help them in their push for promotion but also you know I know a few people at Clare, so I keep an eye on their results and they bounced back well you know they mm. all the last two games so getting the win was really crucial and then you know, as a Queen student, I keep an eye on Queens, and obviously they haven't had the best start this season. But you know, they missed a lot of football last year after coming up from the intermediate league. So I think you know, this year it would be great if they could stay up.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A, a great win for Institute as well under new management. Obviously, Sean Connor has left. They'll be delighted to get a win on the board. Obviously, they were people will say harshly relegated because of the situation with the COVID nineteen pandemic. They they have really struggled to adapt to life in the championship, and I'm sure they'll be delighted to have got a win on the board at long last.
0: Yeah, you know, it's been quite a tumultuous start to the season, you know, losing the manager this early in the season, you know, it spells danger at any club, and especially, you know, being on such a bad run of form, I think getting that win will really be the monkeys off their back, and, you know, I think the push now is to stay in the division, you know, they're kind of playing catch-up to everyone else, but if they can get a few wins on the board, you know, they can really move up that league.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Newry with maximum points at the moment, 15 points out of 15 at the top. Ard's second on twelve, And then Lockall and Ballyclare third and fourth on nine. Balna Mallard have had a bit of a mixed start. That's a good away win Anna. I know Anna have started quite well. So to to win 4-2 away from home, they'll be very pleased. And I'm sure Harry McConkey will be delighted about that.
0: Yeah, that's, you know, a really impressive win, as you say, to score four goals away from home, you know, it's really good and yeah they've had a bit of an inconsistent start to the season but you know to be up in fifth place you know that stands them well you know when games against some of the other teams you know they'll be hoping to take points off come up so yeah I think he'll be really delighted with the away win especially against Anna who as you said have also started the season well so I think they'll be up there from the end of the season.
1: Yeah, it's very exciting. There's so many goals in that championship so far this season and, and I think that's been really exciting to keep an eye on. And I'm and, and sure attendances have also been up at those games as well because those clubs have been starved of watching their teams because of the last uh, 18 months.
0: Yeah, I'm sure, you know, players and fans alike at those kind of clubs, it's been very difficult, you know, watching the leadership go ahead and even with limited capacity cards allowed in, even just the games going ahead and the live streams going on, the watching, you know, those clubs obviously felt like they were missing out a lot and they have and, you know, credit the, the players, you know, coming back in fitness and fit and firing after mm. break away, you know, the goals that have been scored and the score lines and the games just show, you know, the championship is one of the great leagues as well as the premiership and, you know, hopefully you'll never have to go that long without it again.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly going to be a lead to, to keep an eye on for sure. And obviously that win for Muri gives them a, a big shot in the arm, even at this very early stage. Um, quickly, let's look at the intermediate scores, because there was wins uh, for Bambridge, who won 2-1 at Armagh City. Lomavadi won 3-0 at home to Tobermore United. Moyola Park beat Dollingstown by a goal to nil, uh, And Port Stewart won by three goals to 2. That, of course, just kicking off in the last uh, few weeks or so. Let's move into the women's premiership, Lauren, because that really has been a very exciting season across the board, um, mainly because Glen and Cliftonville are having a real old ding-dong uh, at the top of the table, and Glen obviously representing Northern Ireland in the Women's Champions League as well, and doing a very competent job, even though they, they didn't amass going too far in the competition. But they went back to the top of the table uh, last week with a 3-1 win against Sion Swifts, and you know, that's gonna be a really hotly contested battle right to the end with Cliftonville, isn't it?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, the second last game of the season, it's Glen Torn at home to Cliftonville and when you're looking at the fixtures with them already level points, you know, if no team drops points before then you do say it as a title decider going into that game and I think Glenn Torn will be the favourites at the minute, you know. Since they got beat by Cliftonville early in the season, they haven't really looked back, you know, that defeat, Cliftonville won 4 2 coming from behind. It was probably a shock to the system for them, um, but they've come back far. They've won 13 of the 16 games they've played, and, you know, especially the last few times when they steamrolled Cliftonville 4-0 at home, you know, it was a real statement of intent that they're not going to, you know, let their title go that just let the title go without a fight, you know, so they've really come back in the second half of the season and they strengthen well, you know, bringing in Norn Wade and Chloe McCarron, you know, Northern Ireland internationals is going to boost any team, but the strength and depth they have all across the pitch is amazing and when you have somebody like Carrie Beattie playing up front to score goals for fun, you know, you're always going to be up there.
1: Has the success of Northern Ireland qualifying for the Women's European Championships in 2022 inspired people to follow the Northern Irish Women's League? Because it seems to be that there seems to be a big of a upsurge in people keeping an eye on the scores and maybe going along to the games, hopefully a bit more now, because of, hopefully, a relaxation of the restrictions.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, unfortunately, I wasn't at the cliftonville Glenthorn game, but I heard there was quite a big crowd, you know, for a women's game in the stadium. And I'll be back on Wednesday night when we'll have a big game against And we're hoping for their crowd. But, you know, the games I've attended, even the cup game when Cliftonville played Lisburn Rangers, you know, there was a huge crowd there and I think interest is definitely peaking you know a lot of the players that are going to be representing Northern Ireland are playing in the local league so seeing them doing well you know so many country on but yeah the the media attention even has grown massively in the league and you know it's something that was needed because it is a really exciting league and you know next year there's going to be an increase to eight teams and that'll just make it even more competitive
1: yeah, in terms of the league being increased teams, do you know any of the teams that are coming into it? I think Larne have looked very impressive. They won their league, didn't they? They were very impressive. And, you know, I was speaking, obviously, to Graham Bailey in a previous episode of my show. And and Banger FC ladies are really making progress as well. So it does seem like more clubs in Northern Ireland in the women's sector are really trying to make a bit of a fist of it and have a go.
0: Yeah, you know, um, Lauren won their Division 1, so they're up to the Championship next year, so, you know, another year, and we could be seeing them in the Division. I think um, Lisburn ladies are up there in the Championship. Um, Mid-Ulster ladies also, St James's Swift. You know, these are the clubs that are kind of van. They get promoted to the Premiership. I think it's the top two are going up. So, you know, Lisbon ladies have dominated the Championship for many years, but, you know, last year, without, uh, with relegation taken out, you know, they didn't get this to go up. So I think you know them going up will make it even more competitive because they have been so dominant you know they've won um a lot of the cups on offer and you know the um from the championship leagues down below and even Middlestar I've been really impressed with them this season so you know they'd be welcome additions and I think you know that if you're the likes of Derry and Scion looking at that you're like wow this is out of competition I think I'll just as I've said before you know improve the quality of the league even more
1: yeah, absolutely. And speaking of Derry, they've got, I think it was only their second win of the season, wasn't it? They, they beat Crusader Strikers 2-1. Uh, that's a really big result, a, a very disappointing one for Crusaders, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, the especially the manner of Derry's second goal, the defensive mix-up of Crusaders. I think they'll be really disappointed with that. You know, Johnny Tuffy is a goalkeeper. I'm sure he'll be even more annoyed with it. Um But, you know, it's credit to Derry, although Clifton will beat them 12 nil. You know, when we went to the Brandywell as well before, they do make games tough. They're hard to break down. And, you know, I think they deserve that. They've been working really hard. And, you know, they have improved this season. They attack and win of the season, I think they've also drawn a game and it may not seem like much to somebody from the outside, but when you look at the strength of the other teams that Derry are trying to compete with, especially, you know, most of the teams being Belfast-based, being able to attract the best players and Derry being a bit further out, it's hard for them to compete but they've done brilliantly this year, you know, as well as Silence and they've, you know, been a breath of fresh air and even Crusaders being up there and challenging, you know, and Cliftonville going for the title, you know, it's been a huge success story this year, the Premiership. It's been, you know, not your usual Linfield strolling into the league or Glen Torn strolling to the league. It's been really competitive.
1: Yeah, Linfield have really struggled, haven't they? They've only picked up four wins from their 16 matches played. They're sitting in fifth spot. But they did hold Cliftonville to a goal draw, and, and that's what's made this title race just so hotly contested going into the, the last few games with Glen Torn and Cliftonville absolutely dead level on points, 40 points. Uh, but Glentor with a superior goal difference by 12, it, it really is going to be very fine margins to decide the title, isn't
0: it? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Clifton will come away from that game really frustrated. Kirsty McGuinness had a great and um, to win that. And they, you know, they were kind of slow in the first half, but then in the second half they picked up and tried to find the goal, but it just eluded them. But credit the Linfield, you know, that's a really young Linfield side. They've lost so many players in the last few years, and I think it's kind of catching up with them and, but they're trying to promote from within, you know, bringing Holiday through a 16-year-old who's been amazing so far that she's come up. And they brought Lauren, um, their goalkeeper, in from Cliftonville. And, you know, she did a job against him, unfortunately for us. Um, she was superb between the sticks. So, you know, although they have a young squad, they really battled hard. And, you know, I think the results have been up and down for them this year, as you would expect from maybe a squad that's a bit naive. But, you know, they all do them the word of good, especially for the end of the season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we recall, this on the 30th of August. The next round of matches are on Wednesday, the 1st of September. Cliftonville, as, you, as Lauren mentioned, they're at home to Derry City at Solitude. Linfield Ladies host Sion Swifts at Midgley Park. And Crusader Strikers are at home to Glen Torrens. So I think as a Cliftonville support, you'll be hoping the crews can, can do you guys a bit of a turn.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, when Cliftonville have gone to CB, this year, it hasn't been an easy place to go. They're very resolute defensively, so... And even Thorne, the last time they went they did a last-minute winner to beat them. So I'm really hoping, you know, they can hold out for a draw or even better beat them because, you know, Cliftonville going into the game against Glen Thorn, you know, needing the win, whereas Thorne already having the superior goal difference could settle for the draw, you know, it's going to be really difficult. So I'm really hoping, you know, we obviously have to win all our games before that, but if Crusaders can do us a favour, it would be very nice.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Linfield against Sion could be a really interesting game, because as we've said, Linfield have had a bit of a disappointing season, but they'll be wanting to try and finish the season with a bit of a flourish, as will Sion, of course.
0: Yeah, you know, I think they're quite evenly matched teams, although, you know, Sion produced a magnificent performance at home, and, you know, I'm sure Ran will tell you about this for ages, when they -hmm. they beat Linfield 6-0, you know, it was quite a shock, um, because they were so dominant, but, you know, I think Linfield have definitely since that, and, They've shored up a bit at the back, so it will be a really interesting game that, you know, every week. The Premiership, although it's only three fixtures and six teams involved, they always throw up interesting matchups and, you know, plenty of bones. And it'll probably be the same again on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Glen Toren have the Women's Challenge Cup final as well to look forward to against Crusader strikers. I mean, that could be very interesting as well, because obviously with this matchup in midweek, you know, that could be a bit of a warm-up for, for the final.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think Glen Thorne relieved. They've made the final. You know, Cliftonville did make it difficult for them. Cliftonville took the lead in that game, and then unfortunately, after Glen Thorne equalised, going McGuinness missed the penalty at one-one, and you know that probably would have swung the game in Cliftonville's favour. But you no, know, Glen Thorne came through it. You know, as champions normally do, they don't play their best, but they game and get through to the final. And even Crusaders, you know, that was a really hard fought game, the Scion, to quite evenly matched teams and to come out and top them that, you know, I think that'll give them great confidence. It's a cup final, you know, anything can happen and getting to play at Windsor Park, I'm sure it'll drive all these players on. I heard Laura playing, you know, although she's in Northern Ireland International, obviously the women are playing in the next international break at Windsor. She hasn't actually played for a club there, so that'll be a real, you know, inspirational moment for her and I'm sure she'll be trying to inspire them to glory.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That Irish Cup final taking place at Windsor Park on the 15th of October between Glen Torn and Crusader strikers. I'm sure that will be very hotly contested, I'm sure. Uh, Let's move into rounding up the fixtures for the next round of matches on the 4th of September. We mentioned the games on Tuesday night. We will cover uh, those matches on next week's show uh, when I'll be joined, as we mentioned earlier on, by Ryan McConville uh, of the Larne Academy. That should be a really interesting discussion, I'm sure, uh, Lauren, some interesting games in the Danske Ryan Premiership on Saturday. Carrick at home to Cool Rain. Torn against Cliftonville at Solitude. That promises to be a barnstormer. Pora Down, who won against Lauren at, at one of the games last season, uh, host Lauren at Shamrock Park. And Glenavon travel to Milltown to take on Warren Point. Which their standout game there?
0: Well, you know, as a Cliftonville fan, but even just the matchup. Well, Glenthorne, Glenn you know, they're always really exciting games. So I think that's going to be a real good one. But, you know, I think Portadown Lauren's another one to watch out for, as you said. Portadown, you know, beat Lauren um, before at Shamrock Park and Lauren didn't play particularly well that day. So I'm not sure it's a very happy stomping ground for them. I don't think I'm forward to that fixture very much. And I think it'll be interesting as well. All the fixtures are obviously, you know, really exciting. But one point against Glen Avon, just mm. to kind of see, you know, how far Glen Avon have come, maybe you know, breaking out of that mold of being a bottom six club after last season, and maybe how far Warren Point have come from being relegation But after that. And obviously, haven't done so well against Balamina, they'll be hoping to do the same against Glen Avon, so that's another really interesting one. And then Coleraine, you know, a third away fixture in a row, I'm sure they'll just be trying to get as many points on the board before being able to welcome all their fans back to um, the show.
1: Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how these games uh, shape up and obviously the, the Tuesday games might have an effect on the matches on uh, on Saturday and, and the teams who get the results on Tuesday night might go into these games with a bit more confidence than the teams who who don't, which also could be interesting.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, if Cliftonville don't get the win they need against Coleraine and Coleraine get the win, you know, they'll be going into the car fixture with confidence and Clifton will be looking to bounce back and, you know, vice versa if one of, them, one of them wins. So it will be, you know, really interesting and it's going to be an exciting weekend. You know, it always is. I love when I'm sitting in the press box just hearing all the other fixtures and what's going on. You know, there's always loads of goals and I'm sure Saturday will be no different.
1: There are a couple of games, of course, which have been postponed due to international call-ups. And we must very quickly talk about Northern Ireland on the international stage. How big a week is this for Ian Barraclough and his team? A, a bit of an opportunity to try and give a little bit of a count in the group. And you know, I think they've got Lithuania as their first game. And, you know, it's going to be tough in the, the consequent games after that. But the Lithuania game, they've got to be looking at to try and get three points, haven't they?
0: Yeah, it's huge. You know, when you look at the group and what's gone before it, it's a must win for Northern Ireland at this stage if they harbour any ambitions, you know trying to challenge the you at know, the top of the group. You know, I've heard many people already say they're probably out of it. So I would sort of agree, especially, you know, with Switzerland still to play. Um, and, you know, the injuries haven't helped. You know, Johnny Evans has already pulled out. Um, there was real hope he could get in there. And Craig Hathcart got injured at the weekend. Kieran Brown hasn't really played. So there's a real conundrum for how his backline's going to line up. But, you know, up front, there's another conundrum. Josh McGuinness has had to pull out. So Kyle mm. Lafferty has come into the squad. Um, but you're missing Liam Boyce, who's made a really good start to the season. So does Shane Lavery get the nod? You know, there's plenty of questions. And I think he has to go all guns blazing at Lithuania. And then still maybe play some of these French players he's talked about. Maybe the likes of Conor Bratley, kind of blood them into the squad, give them a chance in a game. But then, you know, come Switzerland, that will be try get a draw, at least, you know, keep the hopes alive. But I think it'll be really difficult, especially having seen how good Switzerland were in the Euros in the summer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think the, the case in point is to try and win the Lithuania game and then see where you're at going into the, the Switzerland match. I mean, obviously, Northern Ireland have come up against Switzerland in the past, of course, in that playoff. And, you know, I know it doesn't like to be reminded by, by <laughs> fans of Northern Ireland, but, you know, it felt like a game that maybe just got away from them a little bit. But, you know, that could be an interesting matchup. And, you know, if uh, they did get the win against Lithuania, I'm putting a competent performance, I'm sure. That would be really good. I'm really excited to see Ali McCann. Hopefully, he gets a, a, a few games because uh, he's been excellent for St Johnston here in Scotland. Uh, I've also been very impressed uh, with Stuart Dallas, of course, in the Premier League for, for Leeds. He's been outstanding. But I'm intrigued to see if Shane Lavery plays against Lithuania because he started really well at Blackpool, Lauren. And, you know, he would certainly offer something a little bit different for, for opposition defences. Yeah,
0: definitely. He has pace and power, driving forward runs. It- you haven't really seen from any of the other Northern Ireland strikers. You know, the and McGinnis does well in his hold-up play, and that's probably why Um, when Barcliffe goes one up top, you know, he plays. But with the three five two, he's kind of gone for, you know, the big man-little man combination. It'll be interesting to see what he does. Think he would have gone McGinnis and, McGinnis and Lavery you know mm. I think it's hard to ignore Lavery in the form he's in but maybe you not know, it's Washington and Lavery or does Kyle Lafferty come and do it you know there's plenty of questions and there's lots of pressure on Barcliffe you know I know he's been in the job a year and with mitigating circumstances for Covid but you know there's a lot of people are a bit touchy as the highs got on and maybe a bit conservative so if they get the win in Lithuania and then you know it sets them up really well to go to Switzerland and you know it's you know, try to get a draw or a win would be even better and then maybe the you know, the hopes for this campaign.
1: I think Michael Clark and Mark Mackintosh were talking about who starts in goal for the game against Lithuania. Who would you start with? Because Trevor Carson started quite well for Dundee United. Peacock Farrell, we know has had good performances, but also has been at fault for some disappointing goals that he's lost in previous matches. Who would you start with in that match against Lithuania?
0: I think Peacock Farrell's still number one, you know, especially now he's gone out and loaned the Sheffield Wednesday and it's hard to ignore his club form, you know, I think he's kept four or five clean sheets in the games and, you know, he's made some penalty saves and some superb saves and, you know, the reaction coming out of the Sheffield Wednesday fans is, you know, how did we get this man down to League One? You know, I thought he might have gone to a championship club, um, but, you know, the move seems to have worked out really well so far and I think, you know, say I've listening to the episode on the score you know Mark was talking about him conceding goals at his near post and maybe that's from being a training keeper not one who's really played mm. and I hopefully that he's got action you know at club level he can replicate his form on in the international stage
1: Yeah absolutely and, and you also mentioned Connor Bradley earlier on well done to him getting called up to the squad as well and it seems like going down the structure in Northern Ireland, that a lot of the players in the Bank Premiership are being called up to the squad over the piece. I think people like Oshin Smith have been called up from Dungannon, and a lot of the younger players are making their way through the order. And, you know, it's very exciting, isn't it? And also young Ethan Galbraith, who has been outstanding uh, as well. Do you think we'll maybe see him kind of build his way into the Northern Ireland senior squad during this period, do you think?
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think the under-21s is the play at the minute. I think these games have come too quickly to throw him in. And I think he's fighting his feet at Doncaster and, you know, having a spell, uh, you know, he hasn't really played senior football before. He's been in the academy at under-23. So I'm not too sure if you can expect too much, you know, going on to the international stage at such an early age, having not played senior football. So I think this year at Doncaster, you know, will do as Northern Ireland hopes really good. If he can play regularly, you know, I think, the question, you know, the argument has to be made. He deserves a place in the squad if he's playing in League One, like so many of Northern Ireland's other players. But yeah, as you said, the under-21s are looking really strong. It'll be really interesting to see how they get on in their campaign. I know they play in Malta in their first game and they have a great core of, you know, the, um, membership players, which is great to see. It shows the league, you know, is a good place for developing would talent and it'll Ireland be great Ireland. to see how the likes yeah. of Trey Hume, Aaron Danley and Asheen Smith get on.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly a, a progressive feeling moving forward in the, the Northern Ireland setup, and we wish them well. Uh, even here in Scotland, we wish Northern Ireland well uh, for their <laughs> upcoming games. I obviously hope Scotland do well as well for those tuning in from Bonnie Scotland. Let's move into uh, the Championship because there's games obviously on Saturday as well. Balna Mallard hosts Harlan and Wolf werelders at Fernie Park. and Breda travel to Dixon Park to take on Ballyclare. Ards are away to Dirk View. Dundella are away to Institute at the Brandywell. Lockall host Anna United and Queen's host Newry City at the dub. Um, Lauren, what's your highlight of games there? I mean, for me, I think the top two going away from home is is interesting. Potential banana skin games, perhaps.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, until will be looking the bounce back. They're probably wounded by that defeat, you know, having letting that game against Newry. You know, against Dirkfield will be a really interesting one. As you said, Newry going away to Queen's who haven't really you know, done very well so far this season. It'll be a difficult game at the dub when the fans are behind them. Valley um, Clare against Knockbreda, I think, is another good one. They have a chance, you know, the climb further up the league if they get another win after those disappointing defeats. So, promises to be another exciting weekend.
1: Yeah, certainly will be. And I'm intrigued also to see how Welders get on at Balna because I think the Welders have hit the skids after what looked like a, a really promising start. And, you know, they've got some really interesting characters there at that club, including, of course, one and only Darren and Money, who, of course, you all know very well Foley Cliftonville.
0: Yeah, definitely. He was a character, to say the least. And, you know, yeah, either love him or you hate him kind of player. Cliftonville um, like didn't really click for him, as it hasn't really at other clubs. But, you know, he seemed settled at the Welders, And if you can get him scoring, you know, i will be a huge asset to them if they're looking to get promoted.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Let's have a look at quickly at the Intermediate League. Bambridge, at a home to Moyola Park. Banger host the PSNI at uh, Armas City away to Dollingstown, Lisburn host uh, Newington. And Tobermore host Port Stewart. We'll keep an eye on those games and have a look at those in depth on next week's show. But before we go, Lauren, I think it's time that we have a look at our fantasy football teams because, of course, the Niffle Fantasy Football Premiership uh, has uh, kicked off with the Fantasy Football League uh, this season. Um. How has your team started? Because mine's actually started OK.
0: <laughs> yeah, mine's has gone quite well. I'm still trying to kind of work out the points because I have Chris Schultz and he ended up with 10, even though he conceded four goals. So, I'm or sorry, that was current So, yeah, keeping the clean sheet, obviously did really well for Chris Jones, And then I captain him around Curran, which seems to be a mistake, you know, in hindsight. Um, He missed a great chance Saturday to get the goal. But, you know, McCulloch got me a few points Lyndon Cain obviously did really well and had McManaman in there and McDonough who got an assist so I'm not going alright so far
1: yeah you know I, uh, I I benefited quite luckily from that potential McDade uh, non-red card which uh, helped me a lot because I captained him and he scored uh, for Lorne And uh, that being a red card that would have been an absolute disaster for mm-hmm. me so I got away with that one Um, my front two didn't do great Parkhouse and Perkis you know early days but um see what happens there. But I really benefited from my defence uh, this week because uh, I had uh, McKinney, obviously, glentourn won one. Um, but obviously, thank you, McLeod, But of course, his team won. Kane got an assist for, for uh, Coleraine. Harney with a double. I think that was a really <laughs> wild decision for me to put him in last minute. But he uh, got a couple of goals. And obviously, Matthew Clark at the back, he, he kept a clean sheet. But every one of my players in midfield contributed as well. McCaffrey from Warren Point. Uh, Cushley got an assist, um, Lynch with a goal off the bench. and Of course, Jamie Mulgrew. Uh, my bench is nothing to write home about, though. I'm afraid. I mean, I've got Alex Moore, I've got Sean Ward. I, I-, I had a bit of banter with Sean Ward on Twitter, <laughs> and I had to drop him to the bench for this game. And it- <laughs> there was a bit of a banter between us on the social media. Um, and I-, I can't remember who else. I think I had Billy Joe Burns as well on the bench as well, and a ported end player who hasn't played. won't play until January, but it's early days. It's good fun, isn't it? It's good to see fantasy football getting a little bit of a a boost in Northern Ireland and people taking a bit of an interest in it.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, even looking at the amount of players from each club or amount of players you know supporting each club that have signed up. It's been great. You know, there obviously was the entry there for to get started. So credit to you know Niffle for getting it up and yeah, it's, it's really difficult. I'm not going to lie. chopped and changed my team, you know, all week before. And only allowing, you know, two players from each club has made it really, really difficult because I did have Horny in there. I sacrificed them for Ran Curran and, you know. I know. And I, yeah, I know. What oh, well, are you doing? You know, mistakes, were, mistakes were made, yeah. Um, so I'll have to learn for next time. But, yeah, you know, it's, it's just so hard, especially because, you know, the Irish League is just so mental never know what's going to happen so yeah moving forward I I don't know what alterations I'll make yet you know I'll probably not for this week seeing as there are only you know a few games on Wednesday night or Tuesday night sorry I'll probably just keep it the same and you know hope Ben Kennedy can get a goal and Brian Kern and Jamie McDonough against his own club but then I have McManaman and McCulloch so
1: I'm going to be in real trouble this week because none of my strikers are playing this week or this midweek. Um, so I have a nightmare. I am going to be playing pretty much with three defenders and two midfielders, <laughs> which is going to be really weird. But I'm hoping that Harney or Kane uh, contribute in that game that I'm sure you'll be out of Cliftonville, Coleraine, uh, Billy Joe Burns uh, as well, maybe keep a clean sheet against Portadown. Uh, sorry, Tippi. And uh, McCaffrey and Cushley maybe contribute with a goal or an assist to feast at, uh, at Taylor's between Carrick and Warren Point. But it's good fun and it's good uh, to see, as I said, this being uh, being kind of given a bit of a boost in Northern Ireland. I mean, we've seen it be so successful in England. We obviously have a, a version of it here in Scotland as well. And I think it's great to see fans just taking an interest in, and really captivated and engrossed by it all. Um, But yeah, we'll see how it goes. And I think we'll have a good bit of banter over the season, not just with yourself, Lauren, but of course with Ryan McConville, who'll be on next week's show. And of course, Stephen Crawford, who's made a a very strong start to uh, the the season in the Fantasy League as well. So uh, I'm sure we'll have a a good bit of uh, banter uh, between ourselves throughout the season. Now, Lauren, of course, you're very uh, much involved with uh, writing as well. Have you got any exciting pieces coming up that you want to share with my listeners?
0: Um, we're hopefully going to have um, an interview with Lauren Way um, for She Kicks Mag. The next episode, um, an interview with her, which will be really interesting. And then just through the season, I just do an Irish blog um, roundups of all the games in the Women's Premiership and then the Irish Premiership. So can't they go on as well? Um, I write for the copy. Uh, Liverpool women are back, I know it's not Northern Ireland related, but I'm a Liverpool fan. I have to get that out there, and um, big into the Liverpool women. So they lost yesterday, but we got the match report up, and we'll have previews and match reports throughout the season for them as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, not a bad result for Liverpool on Saturday, but maybe should have won with ten against ten men in the second half against Chelsea. <laughs>
0: Yeah, like they came out the first 15 minutes of the second half and I thought, OK, we're going to get a goal here and then Chelsea just slowed the game down and, you know, what they do best, you know, when they have to defend deep, they do. So if you had told me before the game a point, they would have taken it, but given the circumstances, it was a bit frustrating to only come away with one.
1: Yeah, very interesting to see how that copes throughout the season. Lauren McCann, uh, you can find uh, on Twitter at Lauren underscore McCann 14. Reds by the minute, LFC women for the copite Sporty scooping right for Blog Irish, fantastic content and I'm really pleased to have had Lauren on the show. Lauren will be a a, a big fixture of uh, my Northern Irish football show this year on Campbell's Footballs, and uh, you'll be able to hear Lauren throughout the season uh, providing some great insight like she has on this episode. I'm sure you'll agree uh, it's been very interesting to hear Lauren's thoughts as well as my own input as well. Um, Thanks to everybody for for tuning in. We are very much coming to the end of the show. Lauren, thanks once again for coming on.
0: Thanks so much for having me. You know, I've said before, I'm a big fan. So, to actually get on the podcast, you know, it's class. i am going to be telling everybody I'm on on Spotify again.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, hopefully we'll see you back on again very soon. Thanks to everybody, as I said, for tuning in. You can follow me at Stato underscore Grant on Twitter. You can also search for Campbell's footballs. Uh, by going to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen. You can also find my uh, column that I write every week for At Over The Bar uh, on uh, Twitter, uh, where I give my thoughts on the Irish League Premiership matches each week. I'm usually very rubbish with predictions, as is the case with Campbell's Footballs as a podcast, but I'm sure you will enjoy uh, the content as well. I've also got a couple of uh, one-to-one Uh, discussions in the Irish league changing room for you to read as well uh, with Sean Ward, Paddy McNally and Graham Bailey already available for you to have a read as well. And of course you can catch up with all podcast content as well, but that is the end of the show. Thanks very much to Lauren uh, for joining me for this week. As I said, I'll be back next week when I'll be joined by Ryan McConville. We'll be discussing the matches from Tuesday night and we'll also be discussing some cracking games, not just in the premiership but the championship Intermediate league. And of course, the Women's League as well. But until then, from me, Dr Grant Campbell, from Lauren McCann, it's been great to have you listen to us throughout. I hope you're all well. Take care, stay safe, and we'll see you next time. Bye for now. What a
0: dangerous night to fall.